Welcome back, everybody. I am Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. Thanks for joining me today. Really excited to talk about a technique that we use in our business um, that has been instrumental for us in terms of keeping communication flowing and also being able to triangulate a lot of information from a large organization, whether you have you know, a thousand employees or a couple employees, information flow is really important for keeping an organization going forward. And if you are, um, this technique in particular is a uh, is used whether or not you are working from home, which a lot of people are, right? Um, or you're working from your office, or if you travel a lot, or if you're like me, when you come into the office, you may be five feet from people in the next office over and the next cube over, but you're also extremely focused on what you're doing that we avoid interruptions. And so that this is a forced system to have some communication at the end of the day. And this is what is our five daily questions. Now I'm going to go each question and kind of jump back into each one and how they are relevant. The five of the questions are, I'm going to go through each one of them, but let me just read each one first so you have a preview of what's coming up. Number one is what success did you or your team have today? Number two, what struggles did you have today? Number three, how did you overcome them? Number four is where is your mindset a scale of one to 10, one being like it's terrible and 10 being it's awesome. And the fifth one is who is your replacement? It's always a tricky one. We'll get into that in a second. Um, But the reason why these five daily questions are so important as we started alluding to is that it gives you a wide angle perspective from many different people in your organization about what's going on in your organization. You as a leader, whether you are an employee leading another division or you're the CEO or leader or you're in a sole entrepreneur and you just are working with other individuals, we all know how important communication is. And the more communication that we can have, the more clarity we have. The more clarity that we have, the faster our entire team can move forward. One of the reasons why I see businesses stalling, it's not that people aren't working, it's that a lot of times their employees are working on things that they think are important or they think is the direction of the company, when in fact it really isn't. And so in using these for years, um, these five daily questions have been able to keep me focused on making sure I'm setting direction. And also, it's giving me insights into how people are viewing each situation, viewing each division, or viewing each problem, or viewing each success that we're having. I may get a, you know, a que- a five daily questions from somebody where it's been an amazing day, and then in the same division, I get somebody where it hasn't been an amazing day for them. And so seeing the difference between them, how they viewed what came in and what didn't come in, gives you a larger perspective. The point of you acquiring all this information is so that you have more input. As you have more input, you're able to have a lot more output in terms of, i.e., making decisions. People come to you as a leader. Again, whether you're a CFO, whether you are um, a division leader, or whether you're the leader or an executive of an organization, the people who report to you, it's not everybody. So if there's, you know, 100 people in your company or say 10 people in your company, not all 10 people are going to be doing and sending your questions to you. If you, if you have three people that are directly reporting to you, those three people should be sending you their five daily questions. If, if each one of them has, you know, two or three people that are reporting to them, they should be filling up into them so that they're practicing the same process. And as you implement this throughout your organization, even when you only have one or two people in your organization, start building this framework now so that as your organization expands, it's expanding on a footprint that can be expandable and also allowing communication to 
to flow freely. And so you can see this because one of the cool things that I see about this is, is, you know, if I get, you know, uh, if I do the questions from, you know, one of my leaders who is reporting into me, and then they have four or five people that are sending them to them. They're also using their insights and, and providing insights into me about what they're seeing on the front lines or from what they're seeing from their leaders and or what challenges that they're having. And then they're interpreting those challenges and then provide information to me. So then I can see it. So I'm actually getting a roll up of the information in a probably a two or three minute read of all the information that's coming in from almost everybody in the entire organization, as long as everyone's following suit in terms of sending their questions in. And that becomes powerful because in a, you always want to maximize communication and maximize time. So this in itself gives you that opportunity to have insights into how people are thinking without having to go and talk and disrupt not only for your schedule, but their schedule and finding out what it is that they're doing. So this is a system, a technique, a tactic that you can use to really open up communication channels. Again, even if you have one person, you're sitting in the same room with them. And I get this question a lot. It's like, well, I'm already sitting in the same room with them, but I don't need to do this. The thing is, is, is it, <laughs> if you are the leader, people will say things to you in particularly in face-to-face conversations that, um, you know, maybe you've created a pretty open environment and people will share that. But I've found even in open environments, people still share a little bit more in a question when they're not directly face to face until you develop a very, very, very good relationship, which takes just time. So until the time has been checked, when you're bringing on employees or even you're starting this system, this enables you to become closer to your people, understanding their thinking and their patterns. Um, and so this is this is why the communication is so important because as you grow, you're, you've, you've now have a system for communication flow. Now, you, I'm sure you have other ones too as well, but this is the communication flow around how people are thinking and also how people are viewing problems. That You can't, miss, you can't, um, we can't skip over that part because problems show up every day. They're just, frankly, they're events, but we call them problems just because we don't like them and that's just another event that's happening. Um, it's a separate podcast, but those when those things are showing up, you, people go to you to solve them and I'm sure everybody has been in a situation before, right? <laughs> Whether you lead people or not, that where somebody has come to you and been like, you know, Caitlin comes to me and says, Hey, you know, I've got, you know, I saw this happen and this, I can't, you know, I can't believe Hollywood do this and, you know, whatever it was. And, and she's telling me about it and I'm listening to Caitlin. I'm going, wow, I can't believe Hollywood do that. Right. And, uh, and then you're like, wow, man, I don't, this is, this is, this is unlike her. I can just, this is really fascinating that she would do that. So then you, you hear that and you say, okay, thanks so much. And you're going, man, this is going to require me to make some tough decisions here. And then you go and you come with curiosity. You center yourself first, take three or four deep breaths before you go in there and make sure you're not emotional charged off of that conversation, by the way, because you need to stay in curiosity. Then you go have the conversation with Hallie and you hear her side of it and you go, well, that's really nothing like I just heard from there, or maybe it's 30 or 40% of what that truth was. So then you start to see, and people just know this intuitively, you start to see that the truth actually lies somewhere in the middle, that everybody, even if people are giving you negative criticism and you may, 80% of it may not even be there, but still 20% is there for you to be able to take in. So in the same situation for these, when you have two people providing information to you, there's key nuggets or key pieces of information that you need to disseminate from that conversation that you can then take in and saying, well, that's probably the closer part of the truth, right? That's, and then on the other side, that's part of the closer part of the truth. So if you can get three or four people that are sending you this information from really the same problem, especially when a large problem shows up in the organization, everyone seems to be focused on it. So everyone's going to have a different take on it. And then when they send that in there, not only are they expressing their components of it, you're not taking that input in, you're taking it in from 
you know, two or three or four other people. Now you can see the entire picture, whereas somebody individually may not be able to see it because they haven't seen that information yet. doesn't mean you can't bring them up to speed so they can start seeing the bigger picture, which is part of your job as a leader is to be the thought leader, to be the visionary, to provide the clarity, which means you have to elevate your level of thinking and bring it forward so everyone can then follow your level of thinking. Like when people say they follow you, it's not like they're physically following you in an office, right? What following means is that they're following your level of thinking. And so what your job is, as you're taking all this in, you're elevating your level of thinking constantly or providing clarity of your thinking so then they can create, you kind of create this pathway for people to be able to go right up into your level of thinking. That's why it's so important for you to be able to take this information in and see it. It's like there's a, there's an old wise tale and they, they talk about, you know, three blind men, you know, walk into a village and, and everyone touches, you know, a different part of an elephant. And, you know, they're all talking, the three blind men are talking about what they touched. And somebody says, well, I, I touched a broom, right? Or a light, you know, light post. And the other one says, I touched a, you know, a, a the broom is the example of like the tail because it's the hair. And the other person says, well, I, you know, touched a, you know, a, um, you know, a tusk. And it was just very hard. And every one of them's right, <laughs> but every one of them's wrong. And so when you, when you understand the genesis of that story, it's a one that's been used for a while, it's true. And how your perspective or where your consciousness has been illuminated, like if you walk into a warehouse that's completely dark, but it's the size of the state of Texas, and you turn your light on in the middle of that room, you're going to see one piece and you're going to walk out of there and, and people are going to say, what'd you see? You say, I saw an, a chair. And they're going to be like, there's, there's, there's no chair in there. And they go, well, I saw the chair. And they're like, well, I didn't see a chair. And so again, wherever you shine or choose to use your consciousness or your will to whatever you're looking at and you're viewing and how you're interpreting it is what you're going to believe. Again, right or wrong, it's different. It's you're seeing it from your perspective. So the reality is you were right, but you just haven't seen the whole picture. It's like when people say the sun sets relatively it does, but it doesn't absolutely set. It never sets. Go out in outer space and the sun never sets, right? Relatively speaking to your level of degree of what you're seeing, the sun sets every single day and it rises every single day. But the absolute truth is that it actually never does once you gain a larger perspective. So your job is to raise, like you're going out into outer space and looking at it and saying, well, the sun never really sets, but I understand your viewpoint. Thanks for bringing that up. Let me explain to you about what it does here. And that's what you're doing with this information. So that's the point of you collecting all this and kind of using the energy to kind of get this going is so that you as the leader have more insights to make better decisions faster while also taking into considerations for this. And then in each question, we'll kind of dive into what you're looking for. So let's jump into question number one. This is what success did you or your team have today? What is here is you just, first of all, this is also for the person filling this out. This is a forced journaling session for them. They don't have to call it journaling. They can call it their questions or whatever it is. I actually had, um, when one of our companies was kind of going through a transition, I, I took some of the leaders that typically wouldn't send them to me. They would send them to another person. I said, why don't you just start CCing me on your questions? I just want to see how you're thinking. And, um, and they hadn't really necessarily been doing it to the same degree. I know, shocking, but um, they haven't been doing it to the same degree that I would like um, or the people that are closest to me send them in. And, uh, and what actually about two weeks, a week into it, they go, well, I don't really like this. And I said, just give me 30 days with it. Give me 30 days. I just want to understand this. And then about two weeks in, they're like, well, I really like this. I really like, I really like it's just great interaction. I, I appreciate you hearing me and I don't really see you. And now I'm like, you're, you're commenting on this, but it's also really good for me. Like I just, I feel better about this. And I'm like, yes, that's the point. And so now they're continuing doing it on. And so it's a great for the individual to just 
once you get in the habit of this, it's, it's kind of like your end of the day check. It's kind of like, okay, people do this, you know, before they leave for work sometimes. Some people do this at eight, nine o'clock at night when they're just before their bed or after to put their kids home, whatever you pick your, the rhythm for. There's no right or wrong there, just whatever works for you. And so when they're doing that, it's also, okay, what success did I have today? Because you had some level of success. You may have had some, you know, some setbacks, but what other level of success did you have? And that becomes important. So first is I, I want to know what success you had today. And I also want you just to understand no matter how hard my day was, there was some level of success. I found something that I could do. So before you exit for the day for work or before you go to bed, you're finding a level of success. So you're, even if you're kind of thinking that it was a failure, this is forcing you to find something to be successful for. The second question is, is what struggles did you have today? And this kind of goes in the opposite question. Maybe you just, you, maybe you also had in a tremendous day, right? Where you had all these success and you're kind of like, I didn't really have any struggles, but there also was a struggle. There's maybe it was an internal struggle. Maybe it was a personal struggle. Maybe you didn't exercise today. Maybe you didn't meditate today. Maybe you slept in or maybe your eating was off if it wasn't work related. So again, it's what it's doing is it's forcing the individual, especially as you get to know them and you understand there's a trust circle here. You don't ever share you know, forward any of these messages or even share anything that's on here with anybody without anybody's permission. Sometimes we'll talk about it in a group as long as I have permission to do those, but this is for you. And if you ever break that trust, it's gone most likely forever. Um, so just, you see, I, I look at information as like, it's a vault. Where do people want to put information that's extremely valuable in a locked vault? So when people give me information, you know, and, and you're taking it in, you don't take it in and go like, ooh, this is good gossip. I can't wait to share this, which is kind of our initial kind of reaction. Like, ooh, I know something somebody else doesn't do. I just don't, you know, you can, you see that thought come in there and you let it go. And you think of, I just think of it as a vault, like, because the more you become the vault, the more people actually share with you, which increases your input. They're sharing with you from outside the company, inside the company. Um, people are sharing more personal things with you. Again, you just become this vault for people. So I just think of information that way as, as a complete vault that when people give it to me, I shut it down. I just, you know, I clamp it, I use it in there. So if I'm interacting with them, I can use it to help them. But other than that, I just don't share with anybody, not my partners, not my wife, not my kids, nobody it just kind of boom, goes off. Right. And it's funny sometimes because when things come out that they've been sharing with me for, you know, for months and they go, well, did you know about that? And I'm like, yeah, I knew about that. And they're like, you never told me. I'm like, of course not. And I said, I wouldn't tell anybody about what you told me either. <laughs> and so it just, it, it also reinforces that you become that vault. So just, understand that's a powerful place to be as a leader is being that vault for, for what it is. Um, so the struggles, they come in there again, you're looking for, and it can be that they didn't have a struggle, but it forces them to look at other parts of their life to see, okay, well, where do I need to work on? And it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean that you didn't have anything. You just say, okay, this is, maybe it's just, you don't view it as a struggle. Maybe you just needed something. Well, I need to get this a little bit better at. I need to, you know, I only ran two miles instead of three or whatever it is. And then on the other flip side of this is maybe there's a big struggle, right? Maybe there is. And it's just like, yeah, we had this insurmountable day. Like it was a big struggle. It allows you to get it out, right? Instead of kind of just letting it fest up inside and just circling around in your gut and your lower belly and pulling you down for it, right? You're just able to kind of release that to a certain extent. Um, and this is kind of a forced way of doing that. You just, people are able to kind of get rid of that, um, you know, that the feeling of the struggle to a certain degree. It doesn't mean it's going to be gone. It just helps it. It's also helps sharing with other people so other people can see the problem so you can help solve it as well too. Um, so that becomes um, a, uh, a, a powerful place to be able to operate from. Number three, 
is how did you overcome them? So whatever struggle you had today, there's always something that you can do to overcome it. And maybe that's, hey, I'm going to go meditate now. Maybe that's, um, you know, I got on the phone and scheduled a follow-up for this person so I can I can dive into it. You know, I got one last night that said, hey, I think this individual is actually really struggling and they're part of our organization. And it's the first time I heard that. And I said, I just got some insight and said, and and that's what they said their struggle was, was this person was struggling. And I think, I think they're struggling. And then... Um, which is understandable during, you know, these times and, and so, uh, or anytime, right. And people just have that. And their follow-up was, how do I overcome it? As I scheduled a call for them first thing in the morning so that we could walk through it and get an action plan from that. I actually then took that information. And when I was reading that, so now I have that and they shared with me who the person was. They didn't, you know, obviously you just don't share that with anybody else. But now I followed up with them and said, hey, let me know after you talk with them whether I need to have a conversation with them to see if I can't help them um, if they're doing it or let me at least know what your plan is for it. So again, now we're all being enqueued with information that's coming in there as well too. Um, so that's why it's really important. How did you overcome them? It also forces you to maybe you didn't overcome it the way you should have. That's fine, right? Maybe that's your struggles. I, I didn't solve it the way I wanted to. How can you do it differently? How can you actually return, you know, have a return on your failure that we had or the setback or the event that showed up today? You're doing that in how did you over, you know, how did you overcome it? That's the, that's the point of that is just forcing you to go out there and think about things differently so that then you can elevate the rest of your team as well too. Number four is where is your mindset on a scale of one to 10? You know, one being terrible and we don't care that it is a one, but if it's something that's preventing you from being on top of your game, we really want to know how to fix it. And again, if you're a 10, great. Now here is where, um, you know, four and five are, are, are interesting questions. One of the things I, I actually first do when I'm, when I'm reading people, some people write like books to me and some people keep it very similar, very short. And I always kind of look real quick at the number because um, I love numbers. Numbers tell a story instantly, particularly once I get to know and everyone that's been sending them to me, they've been sending them to me for a while. So I have a really good indication as to where they're at. Um, and there's, you're not, the number is almost irrelevant to a certain extent. And I'll explain that in a second. What you're looking for is patterns. So what I mean by that is some people are like always a nine or 10. Like, that's just like, they're like, there's like a 10, like, well, I'm just awesome. Even if they had big struggles, you know, you know, I'm still nine, but I'm still 10, like, you know, doing great. Other people are always like seven or eight. They're just, they just, that's just, that is their 10. <laughs> so as you're developing this and you see somebody that's a seven or eight and you're like a 10, you're, you don't have to go in there and be like, why aren't you a 10, right? So you can slow that down to start to develop a pattern. And if somebody is a seven or eight all the time and they're a six, that's when you go, huh, okay, um, you know, I noticed you were six today. And it's probably most correlated to something that they struggled with. So then you kind of just take note of that. You, you take your action to what you're doing for what they're struggling. And then if you see it, if maybe the next day they're a six again or a five, that's when you stop and go, okay, this person is really important to me. I need to make time for them today. And so what you're doing is you're looking for patterns to try to prevent people from going down a path that they don't even realize they're really going down. And so sometimes I see this, let me give you a better example. Sometimes I see this, if somebody's always an eight, right? And I see a struggle and maybe they're an eight that day, but I noticed something in their language that they used was typically off. Maybe it was shorter than the amount that they normally send. Maybe it was longer than the normal amount they normally send. Maybe they just use words that were just different than what the, the normal patterns of what their wording is that they have. Maybe it came in at a different time. Um, so I'm always just observant once you develop a pattern for this. And, um, and so then maybe it's, it's an eight, but something was just off and I'm watching it. And then maybe the next day there are seven. And again, they've been sevens before. It's not there. That's when you go, I don't even know if they know they're off. And so that's when they may feel something there, 
But that's when you kind of, that's when you as a leader step in and say, hey, you know what? I, I just noticed something was a little off. Something going on. And almost all or every time there is something going on. And they, sometimes they know it and sometimes they don't. Sometimes I've asked that and they said, yeah, there is, but I still want to share it now and I respect that. And then later on, they'll come back a couple days later and say, hey, here's what was kind of going on. I've worked through it or I haven't worked through it. Can you help me? And I'm willing to share now. And that's fine too. But either way, you're developing, you're looking at patterns for how people write, think. All of those things are very integral to you developing a pattern for how your, your, your people are pouring into you, how they're operating. And then you can help get them unstuck faster by you noticing the pattern before they actually even notice the pattern themselves. Sometimes it's also very obvious. If they're an eight and then they're a five and something big, that's you, you get on the phone, okay, let's fix this. What do we need to do? How do we need to fix this? And especially if they're five multiple days in a row, let's do this. And then if, and again, I've had other leaders, um, you know, ask me and say, hey, somebody's a two or a three today and this is what's going on. What kind of advice um, would you give me that I can help them? And we kind of walk through that process of what it is. So that one to 10 is a very, it's a, it's a very, it's a very good scale um, with a number that you can help unstuck people or help move them forward faster if you can. And the fifth question is, is who's your replacement? Um, and ultimately there should be, you know, five or so people, three to five people, either inside or outside of your organization. If you don't have anybody here, that's fine. Maybe you only have one employee. You should still have somebody outside your organization that you're meeting with. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's, you know, maybe it is a, um, you know, somebody that you've just been at a BNI group or that you play basketball with or whatever it is that you just happen to notice they have some skills that could fit and maybe be your replacement. The reason why we ask that is because it's not about who's your replacement, like I'm going to fire you. It's which that is real, by the way, though, that is, you can't mistake that. But the the main genesis for asking that is that if this person wants growth in their organization, if they leave that position, it's not your responsibility to go find their replacement. It's theirs. At least that's how I want to operate. And so when they want to move up in position, and by the way, how fast sometimes do positions just come up? Like you're going months and months and it's not there. And all of a sudden one day you wake up and you go, man, we're going to, that's a great idea. We're going to, let's go take, let's go take Joe over here and move him over there. That's going to be great. Then you go to Joe and you say, Joe, who's your replacement? And they go, oh, I don't know. And then you're stuck not being able to move Joe and up in his opportunity. So now there's a bottleneck. So what I want to do is I want to prevent the bottleneck from happening inside your organization. This goes to every layer, right? So that people are constantly having people on that short list, right? Of who's going to be the next. It's like, you know, look at the the hierarchy of the president of the United States. There's a list of who succeeds them should something happen to them. And it goes down like 10 different people. It's already predetermined. And so that there's never a question of who the next person is taking over, right? So that's how you should operate your organization because it's that level of importance. And so when you're doing that, when you have the opportunity, you can, you can then move that person up and, and move them there. The other thing is reality happens. Maybe they never wanted to leave, but then all of a sudden, maybe their partner has a job somewhere else that forces them to leave. Maybe they get injured or have a health issue that prevents them from working anymore. Maybe, you know, maybe life just shows up. There's a lot of things that shows up. Maybe they become into a different season of their life, which is perfectly fine. It's not against you, but what you are doing is you are creating backups for your business. It's never personal, but you're creating backups for your business, right? Just like sports teams. Do sports teams have replacements for Tom Brady as a quarterback? Of course they do. Three, four layers out. In fact, they have a quarterback that they pay, you know, millions of dollars to every year just to be in the backup, going through every single play. So if he has to be pulled out, they're not skipping a beat. 
That's how you want to operate your business. And that's the genesis of that question is that if you're constantly focused on and, and you as the individual is focused on creating spots for people in your organization, that question becomes very powerful. And then you just see who that is. And then maybe there's a, maybe there's a, there's not somebody that's going to necessarily take your position. You're not quite sure who that is right away. Then you can, you can say what could, what position would I hire for, right? That could help out in this position too, as well, or maybe not who's my replacement. I don't have immediate growth. Maybe you're, you're helping lead a division and the next position you're putting down there, the next two or three positions that you need to hire for to actually get things off of your plate. That's totally acceptable too. Um, over the course of years, we've kind of adapted that to certain positions where people say, I actually want to stay in here and grow. So I don't really want to leave this position. So then you go back and say, okay, well then what would you give up in your position that you would first hire for? And then again, that becomes that as well too. So there's just, there's constant um, evaluation and growth there. So those are the five daily questions. Um, we walked through all of them, but remember, this is this is all designed so that within a matter of minutes, you can have a clear perspective on to the best of your ability on what's happening inside your organization. Maybe you're gone for a week. Maybe you're traveling a little bit. Maybe you get sick. Maybe, you know, you've, you've, whatever life happens. And this is also a great way to stay connected with your people. And what I always do is I will typically always respond to every single question. And because people, you have to take this serious. If you just don't respond to them, maybe you're reading them, but people aren't going to know you're actually reading them. So respond to them, provide questions, provide clarity. Just if, you know, if you're, you know, if there's not much to say in there and just say, Hey, thanks. That sounds great. What, you know, awesome. I'm glad you got your run in today. Right. Or I'm glad you got that extra meditation in today, or I'm glad you solved that problem. Thanks for picking that up. Or just, Hey, you know, I really appreciate the hard work you've been doing. You're just letting them know that like, your work is being noticed. And thank you for, for that. So you're noticing people um, when they're taking the time to do this, make sure you follow up with them. And again, you're the vault for it. So that's really important to, to remember that you're taking this very, very serious. Um, and if you're not willing to take it serious, don't, don't, don't do it because it's just not going to, it's not going to be effective and people, it's just going to lower your leadership. If you're not going to take it serious, I would hope that there's some other plan of action or something that's in there that's working for you um, in your business to do it. This has helped us and it's helped a lot of, you know, people that we've, we've brought into our organizations and, and thousands and thousands of people that we've coached um, have asked a lot about these questions. And so I wanted to just kind of break this down uh, in this podcast to help people um, with some techniques of, of communicating, you know, in times of, you know, working from home, in times of travel, in times of just, you know, people are, it's, I look at work life as this work life integration. So people aren't, you know, if you can get your work done on a boat, great. If you can do it at four in the morning, great. So you're not always forcing people to eight to five and to be here. Um, and this is a system that is forcing communication though, that so you can continue to respond to the the questions and the decisions and the tactics and provide clarity to your entire organization in the most informed way possible. Hey, if you like this episode of Business Meets Spirituality, make sure to subscribe to this podcast before you go so you don't miss future episodes. Or visit our website, adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, never give up on joy.